0: Now, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he lists in verses 2 through 8, 28 contrasts, 28 specific changing seasons of time in life. And he lists them in seven verses. The Hebrew scholars tell us that seven was the number of completion to the uh, Jews, and so he really just kind of summarized a complete sphere of life by letting you know you have these many changes that come. He covers physical changes, family changes, emotional changes, uh, life and death changes, and on and on we could go. Life is filled with changes. By the way, did you remember to change your clocks and set them back? Everybody in our household did except our two-year-old granddaughter. She got up at 4.30 this morning. First of all, just realize it is a fact. There will be changes in life. Verse 1, to everything, there's a season. I like that King James word season because usually most changes don't just happen in a minute or two. They happen for a period of time. And just like there's a fall season, just like there's a winter season, just like there's a spring season, just like there's a summer season, there are different seasons in our life. And this is what I like too. Remember, God has a purpose. Now, I I don't think certain changes would take place if man wouldn't have fallen into sin and we live in a sin-cursed world, but changes do take place. But the great thing is God is bigger than any change we will face. And what we need to remember is even though we may not be able to understand it all right now, maybe we may not be able to feel like we want to feel right now, our God is sovereign, and if he allowed that to come into our life, he has a purpose and he has a reason. A time for every, and this, again, is why I like the New King James here, a time, a specific time for every purpose under heaven. Skip to verse ni- uh, 17, the last part of verse 17 in this chapter, for there is a time there for every Every purpose and for every work. This is Romans 8, in the book of Ecclesiastes. Do you know where Romans 8, is in the book of Genesis? Turn to the last chapter of the book of Genesis and let me show you Romans 8, in the book of Genesis. That is one of the most wonderful, powerful verses I know in the Bible. It covers more territory. I tell you, if there was a... A second promise in the Scripture after John 3.16, the salvation promise I think I'd want it to be for me, Romans 8.28. For we know this, that all things, now all things aren't good, but that all things work together for good to those who love God. That's you and me if you're saved. And to those who are called according to his what? Purpose. 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 Now, the devil couldn't touch Job until God gave him permission. And the different changes that come into our life, though we may not understand them, though we may not always like them, God will use them and has a divine purpose to bring himself glory and honor and to bless us. It is for our good as well. Okay, you're already in Genesis, I hope, by now. It's the first book in the Bible. Right after the book of Table of Contents. Genesis chapter 50. Joseph, he has been through it. His brothers were jealous of him. His brothers threw him in a pit. His brothers uh, told his daddy that he was dead. His brothers sold him into slavery. He went to Egypt. He was uh, lied about by Potiphar's wife. He was put in prison, and he was forgotten in prison, but God, after all of that, exalted him to be the second most powerful ruler in all of Egypt, and they were going through a seven-year famine. He foresaw it, and so he told them how to prepare for it, and now he has the key to the grain bins, and he's saving thousands of lives as he's giving people during this time of famine food. Now, Joseph and his brothers are together. Dad has passed away, and the brothers are thinking, Joseph's going to let us have it. He's going to kill us. He's the second most powerful ruler in the world right now in the kingdom of Egypt, the most powerful world kingdom at that time, and we've done so much bad. But check verse 20. They come to him. Oh, Joseph, they're terrified. And And Joseph says, But as for you, you meant evil against me. Boy, those times when they were jealous, those times when they threw him in a pit, those times when they sold him into slavery, they meant evil against them. But look at this, Romans 8, 28 in the book of Genesis. But God meant it for good. Amen. Folks, you know what it takes to claim this promise? Faith. Faith. God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive because he showed them how to make it through a seven year famine and to have food now go back to the romans 828 in the book of ecclesiastes please a time for every purpose that's what he says before he names these 28 different changing times that cover just about every spectrum in life and that's what he says a few verses after he names these 28 changing times in life in verse 17. Now, please notice this phrase, to everything there is a season, just like different seasons. And, don't, and the seasons have purposes. There's a purpose for the fall season. Beyond raking leaves, I sure hope so. <laughs> There's a purpose for the winter season. There's a purpose for my favorite time of the year, except for allergies, the spring season. There's a purpose for the summer season. If we just had one of those seasons year-round, I'm telling you, the climate wouldn't be like the climate ought to be. God has a reason for the seasons, and God has a reason for the different seasons that come into our life. You might be in a fall season right now. Emotionally. You might be in a winter season right now where your emotions just seem dead. You might be in a late summer season right now where it seems like finances are just kind of experiencing a famine. But God allows seasons and he has a purpose for the season. He says a time for every purpose. Now notice here's the phrase, under heaven. One thing that helped me understand the book of Ecclesiastes, and I still have a good ways to go with Ecclesiastes is you will find two phrases throughout the book, under the sun and under heaven. When he says under the sun, he's telling you how life is without God as man views it, under the sun. For example, look at uh, the preceding chapter, chapter 2 of Ecclesiastes. Verse 11, then I looked on all the works that my hands had done And on the labor in which I had toiled, and indeed all was vanity. And grasping for the wind, there was no profit. What? Under the sun. Listen, if you don't have Jesus Christ in your life, let me tell you about the best season of all. Let me tell you about the best time of all. Now is the accepted time, today is the day of salvation. Boy, that's the best season of all. And if the Holy Spirit is working with you today, oh, don't you say no. Now is the accepted time. Isaiah says, seek ye the Lord while he may be found. That implies to me it might come a time in your life you're not in charge, he's in charge. Your times are in his hand. There might come a time when he is not that near. Call ye upon the Lord while he is near. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. After the early service this morning, I wanted to speak to a couple who have been going through a very, very sad sickness uh, in their family. And uh, I I noticed this couple kept waiting on me, kept waiting on me, kept waiting on me. And I thought they were just, you know, going to say hello or something, or maybe goodbye, something. And uh, so when I said, oh, how are y'all doing today? That man looked at me and he said, well— I'd like to join the church, Do y'all, but I've got a problem. I'm not saved. Do y'all require that? I said, you know better than to ask that question. Yeah. So we were able to share the gospel with him today on the very back row uh, during the Sunday school hour and see him uh, accept Christ as his Lord and Savior. Now's the accepted time, amen? Heaven rejoiced over that. Okay, here he says in chapter 3, he's going to tell you about life under heaven. Now, what does that speak of? Life under the sun, leaving God out, it's vain. No real purpose, no real meaning. Life under heaven, that means you've got God in your life. The way God sees it, it has meaning. It has purpose. Even the weird times in life, God has a reason. God has a purpose, doesn't he, Billy? Billy told me that first time I ever met him. He was in a very serious wreck, and believe me, it ain't fun for him and his family at all, but he knows God has a purpose, and so does Senisa. All right, you want to look at them quickly as we can. There's a time to be born and a time to die. In fact, I remember Billy telling me, uh, "When your time's up, it's just up." My time wasn't up, and you know you really don't control a whole lot about either one of these. I don't believe I told my mom and dad I want to be born. I just was born. And it's appointed that a man wants to die. Who makes that appointment? God. So be ready. Now, there's a time to plant and a time to pluck. That word means harvest what is planted. I grew up on a cotton and soybean farm, and I'm here to tell you, spring was the time to plant, and you better plant in the spring. If you wait too late, too late. And fall was the time to uh, harvest, to combine those beans and to pick that cotton. And if you waited too late, the winter and the rainy season set in, it was too late. Now, let me just go on here since I'm just kind of bouncing off the wall today. I had my first sermon real organized, and I felt like it was just a bomb out, so I'm just having fun (laughs) with you guys Another thing to do when changing time comes is accept it. It's inevitable. Someone said the only one that likes change is a baby when their diapers are wet. Don't be a baby when changing time comes. Quit your whining. Okay? Realize God has a purpose in it. Put your big boy pants on. And here's the second thing I want to share with you. Find out, and this is from Henry Blackaby, a revivalist in the Southern Baptist Convention, from Experiencing God, find out where God is working and joining. Just like I was saying, there's a, there's a time, springtime is the perfect time to plant. So you better plant. You, you don't just sit with folded hands during these different seasons of life. Skip down to verse uh, 10. 10. I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men are to be occupied. So when a different season of change comes into our life, this is why, what are you going to do, Brother Jack? I don't know. Whatever God wants me to do. The book of James says, don't you say, I'm going to go here tomorrow and there tomorrow. I'm going to buy and I'm going to sell. Say, if it be God's will, if it be God's will. Now, we're not preaching fatalism here. God has a purpose. God has a plan. And time changes are not just a random of things that happen in this world, not when you're saved. There's purpose in everything. When you love the Lord with all of your heart, so what do you do? A change comes into your life, and you begin to pray. You begin to seek the Word, which has the answers and you begin to watch for open doors, and you find out where God is working during that season of change in your life, and you join him. See, so we're co-laborers with the Lord. We, we work with him. I don't know why in the world he has chosen to use puny mankind to be the instruments of carrying out his will, but he has, and we're privileged that he has. I don't know what you're earthly vocation is but I know what your heavenly vocation is to be a co-laborer with the Lord and to be his instrument to be used to glorify his name and bring about his will on this earth. All right, verse 3 a time to kill and this word can mean to die from sickness and a time to heal you know why does God heal us from this and heal us from that and one of these days he won't heal us from it except we'll have the ultimate healing in heaven. Why is it, I can't understand this, why God heals some people and doesn't heal others? I have seen it when I wanted some of the best Christians I've ever known to be healed, and we prayed and we fasted, and they weren't healed, except they had the ultimate healing. They went to heaven. And then I have seen people miraculously healed. I have seen people who had a leg broken. I mean, came through the skin. The doctor fixed it up. She was scheduled for surgery. She came to church the Sunday before she was to have the surgery on a Tuesday in a wheelchair. And she said, I want the elders to anoint me with oil and pray for me. Well, I was just interim pastor in this church. And I didn't know anything about anointing of well, I knew it was in the Bible, so I got me some WD-40. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I got to this church, had elders and, and deacons, and I got together with them, and we had a prayer service for After that Sunday morning, she uh, went back to uh, the surgeon. This is in Tupelo, Mississippi. I can give you her name. You can talk to her. And uh She went back to the doctor and he did an x-ray before he was to do the surgery. He said, there's no way I can explain this. This bone has gone perfectly fitting back together. You don't need surgery. Now, Jack, why did God heal her? Ask God. And I can give you story after story. Some of the best Christians I've ever known. This young lady was a fine Christian too. Don't get me wrong. Changes in life a time to break down and a time to build up. I remember when our church began to grow in the early 80s and we had the old white building that was special to so many of you, the, one of the original church buildings that was destroyed, I think, by a fire and then uh, affected by a tornado, but it basically was that building. But we needed parking space and we needed to, to build the educational part on this building. To have Sunday school space. Every Sunday morning, we had Sunday school over there, and every Sunday morning in the summer, Dan Riley, our youth minister, pastor of Calvary Baptist Church now in Knoxville, Dan Riley and I would take turns. It'd be his Sunday one Sunday, my Sunday the next, and we'd get these spray cans that shoot out about 20 feet to kill wasps. And we'd have to get here early before Sunday school and we'd have to go through that old white building and kill wasp in the Sunday school rooms. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> it was time. You talking about a great church. This is a great church. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why. Because even the folks that grew up in that building said it's time for a change. It's time for a change. And boy, God has been blessing that change since then. So there's a time to break down. And then there's a time to build up. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. Are you suspicious of somebody that smiles all the time? I think they're in trouble or something and they're just trying to hide it. God gave us tear ducts for a reason. There's a time to weep. It's okay. Jesus was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. And there's a time to laugh. The Bible says even God laughs. A merry heart can do good like a medicine. I hope you know how to laugh. But you see, you don't laugh all the time. You don't weep all the time. There's a time to mourn. That's even a deeper weeping like when you've lost a loved one. I'll tell you who I get concerned about when a very significant loved one has died is that family member who doesn't seem to be mourning. The Jews would set aside at least one month to mourn after they lost a loved one. We need to mourn at times. Look at this. This is why I know Solomon wasn't a Baptist and a time to dance. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Deacons, if you decide to get together and kick me out, it's too late. I just got one more son. <laughs> you know about Baptists and dancing. Well, I was going to marry a couple. Here in the church, and they said, "I said, where is your reception going to be?" And they said, "Well, we know we can't have it at the church." In the recnet, I said, "Why?" And they said, "Well, Baptists don't believe in dancing, and you know we want to have a first dance together as bride and groom." So I didn't tell anybody else. I said, "You most certainly can dance." Now they weren't going to do the boogaloo baby or nothing, but it was appropriate. And plus, I needed a time to laugh, and I knew that groom couldn't dance any better than I could, and I wanted to see it. (laughs) Folks, there's a time to dance. There is. And then there's a time to cast away stones. That's how they cleared their fields in that day. They'd have to get the stones off the Ground, And then there's a time to gather stones, to build a fence, a boundary line. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. More than likely, the way they said hello in that day is they hugged each other and gave each other a kiss on the cheek. And it's saying there's a time to, to visit people. And then there's saying there's a time when you ought not over-visit people. The book of Proverbs says you can wear out your welcome. There's a time to gain. There's a time to make money. And there's a time to lose, to let that money go. And I've got a footnote here, especially during the Sunday morning offering. No. There's a time to keep. Fellas, quit fuzzing at your wife for keeping certain things. (laughs) But remind them of the second part of this, and a time to throw away. There's a time to tear and a time to sew. This could refer to them tearing their garments in mourning and then sewing them back up because it's a new day. It's like David. After his baby passed away, he got up, he washed his face. It was a new time. A time to keep silence. Oh, I need to highlight this one and put an asterisk by it and a time to speak. Don't talk all the time. Talk some of the time. Listen. I have found that there's a time to listen. There's a time when people are pouring their heart out and we don't need to say a word. And I know how it is. You're tempted, especially if you're an encourager like I am, you're tempted to not even halfway listen to what they're sharing because you're thinking about what you're going to tell them. Sometimes you just absorb what they're saying and share the burden with them. A time to love and a time to hate. Now, we're never to hate people. Read the book of 1 John. But we're to hate certain behaviors. I hate abortion. I hate it when I hear people take my Lord's name in vain. Okay? And there's a time of war. And there's a time of peace. And that's something we need to pray about every day. Well, my time is gone, and there's a time for the preacher to shut it down. And I've got several more points, but let me just simply point you to verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. God is going to use the change that's taking place in our life And if we'll love him and praise him and serve him and be faithful to him, he's going to make something beautiful out of it. Leanne, you told me that was going to happen to us. And folks, fishbowls, best days are ahead. He's going to take this time of change and he is going to make something absolutely beautiful out of it. Let's stand to pray together. different times different seasons in life is it your season to be saved that man today he didn't want to leave this church till he got that settled is now your accepted time your day of visitation as first Peter says today is your day to give your life totally to God through Jesus Christ I asked that man today I said do you want the Lord to be the boss and master of your life he said yes I said you've got the right attitude Then that's another way of saying you have a repentant heart you're, you're willing to surrender your control and let God have control is that the way you feel today is it you say, well how do I get to him he sent his son Jesus to pay for your sin that which separates us from him he said it is finished because sin was paid for on the cross and the proof of it was the empty tomb and the resurrection from the dead now here's the here's the thing the balls in your court now God sent his son what else you want him to do it's in your court today and the Bible says whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved as many as received him to them he gave the right to become the children of God it's time for you to receive it today Now's your day Now's your time to make the most important decision the most eternal, affecting decision you'll ever make to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. During this invitation time, if you need to come forward and make that decision, you make it. We've got folks that will not embarrass you, but they'll counsel with you and talk with you. If there are other decisions that need to be made today, make them today. If God's leading you to become a part of a wonderful church, it's not perfect, but it sure is a wonderful church. And God's leading you to move your church letter. Would you do that right now as we sing and Ronnie leads us?